Hi, CityCast listeners. I have worked in restaurants for almost 10 years, and in that time, no place has felt more like home than Rodeo Goat, a craft beer and burgers concept from the owners of the bar Flying Saucer. That's where I first met Kelsey Raba, the general manager of the Houston location in East Downtown, and became witness to one of the most diverse restaurants in the city. I sat down with her recently to discuss her leadership and how she gained the attention of political powerhouses like Better O'Rourke. It's Wednesday, October 5th. I'm AKL Moman, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, Kelsey. Hello. How are you feeling today? <laughs> good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you're the first female general uh, manager of a rodeo club location. And this is yes. the first Houston location. Correct. So it's the third rodeo goat. There's eight altogether now. They recently just opened the two last ones. But I started off as a server at Flying Saucer, uh, the one in downtown. And I worked there for about six months, applied to be a manager, and then was kind of like the assistant general manager there. And so when they decided to open up the rodeo goat here, my general manager at the time put my name in the hat for it. I interviewed with the owners for it and got the position. So I have always been the general manager of this rodeo go. And Nancy, the kitchen manager, was here from the start, right? Nancy also came with me from Flying Saucer. So she has worked for the company for 22 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So her, me, and the assistant general manager here, Kristen, um, we all opened the place together. And Nancy's also like the first... Well, she's the first and the only female kitchen manager out of all the rodeo goats. So now with all eight, there are three female GMs. Yeah. But she is the only female uh, kitchen, kitchen manager. manager. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is incredible. Because like uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is because I've never seen a management team like yours. And it's interesting because it's predominantly women. And it is kind of pretty split evenly kind of like it's not all white is what i'm trying to say (laughs) okay (laughs) but it's it's really interesting was that like a conscious decision that you wanted to make like did you think that like there were women who deserved a position that they were not getting it or in other places other restaurants not just rodeo goat but just around the city in general yes and no so Mm -hmm. obviously with every position that i hire for There's a certain criteria you have to meet, uh, availability, certain things you have to be able to do personality wise, especially in this industry. So um, I would say no in that regard, as long as you're capable of doing the job, the applicant was going to come across my desk. I'm going to look at it. Right. Um, But second, yes, a little bit, too, because I had been treated differently at different restaurants for being a woman. And when I worked at Flying Saucer, I was the only female manager on that team and my general manager did not treat me differently. You know, I would say that he gave me every opportunity that he gave uh, any of my coworkers and it stuck with me for a long time that he believed in me. He never treated me differently. He gave me any opportunity that I wanted. Um, So it was important to me um, to make sure that I was looking for that to, to turn around and do that for other people too, I guess, you know? So, um, it just happens to be that the women in this building just really, you know, like kick ass and work really hard. So it was like a no brainer, but do I enjoy the fact that 
the majority of my team is female? Of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I, be lying if I said <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, because like even your staff is, I've said this for a very long time. I think your staff is one of the most diverse places I've been to, I've worked at. I've seen your hiring process. You want everyone to have a work ethic and arrive on time and whatever, but you also want to know that they're bringing something to the culture you're building here. So I think it that goes both ways a little bit too. I've never hired someone as a diversity hire. Yeah. I'm using the air quotes. Just um, you have to be capable of doing the job. But do I enjoy surrounding myself with people that are different than me? Of course I do. I am a curious person by nature. I like to learn from other people. And I also think that it was important for me to create an environment where people felt safe, happy, um, that someone was listening to them. They felt understood. You know, the two places you should feel safe are home and work, yeah. right? So I feel like I tried really hard to create that. But I think the staff is the reason that we continue to get such diverse hires because I think the staff is happy. And I think when people come here and they sit down and they eat and they look at our staff and they can see how different people are, how people are genuinely being themselves, they end up wanting to apply. I can't tell you how many applications I read that was like, I was eating here. And then when I sit down and, and interview this person, they're always like, oh, well, I met this girl and she had pink hair. And I met this guy and, um, you know, he's this and they're that and they do this and they're openly who they are. And they were like, I've never worked somewhere where I'm allowed to talk about who I am. So I think that it was important for me to create that environment, but I think the staff is really the reason that we continue to grow that way too. It feels like there is like a secret sauce to the culture here. Mm -hmm. What's your cheat code for like the culture you built here? I think that people like to be managed. Um, so I think that my management style is a little direct. Um, I think that the management team works really hard. So when we turn around and ask an employee to work as hard as us, they're willing to do it, especially in this industry. It, it's really busy. And a lot of times managers don't help servers do things or bartenders or the kitchen. And none of us have any problem frying fries, washing dishes, pouring beers, busting tables. So I think that us being the support system that we are to the staff is one of the main reasons that people enjoy working here. And then I think that the reason that people feel okay with being themselves is because they do feel heard. They yeah. do feel appreciated. They don't feel judged. Um, I, I think I worked a lot of places where they were older, the management, and they didn't enjoy being around younger people. And I personally enjoy it. They get to teach me about podcast, music, food, um, cultural things that I didn't experience growing up, or maybe were taboo for me to talk about whenever I was their age. And I get to see all these, you know, younger people really embracing themselves. And I think that the management staff being supportive of that and saying that's okay and being allies for whatever cause that they are going through or, you know, trauma or anything. Yeah. So I think that that support system for them is, you know, how we got where we're at. And speaking of support, I've noticed that you have a very specific type of love and loyalty for your kitchen staff that I haven't seen before. I've worked in the restaurant business for years and I've witnessed the kitchen staff being taken advantage of, sometimes because of things like their race or immigration status. But you always seem to treat everyone with so much respect. Why is this important to you? Uh, I think it comes from working in other restaurants and watching managers, servers. You know, we, we go by front of house or back of house, mm -hmm. right? Watching front of house treat them like they're not their equals. And a lot of the times in certain restaurants I've worked in, I'm like, you're right, they're not, you're not, because 
their work harder, you know? <laughs> like, so I think they have, it's just a weird mentality. I think of people treat, like you said, especially here in Houston, them being of a certain ethnic background, them treating them a certain way. And I just, I don't like bullies. I don't like the unfairness of it. Um, and they do work really hard. You know, that's not an easy job to do. A lot of my kitchen staff has two jobs. So they go somewhere else, they come here at night or vice versa. Um, and I think that's just always been important to me to take care of them. Um, maybe they have, uh, they're somewhere in their immigration status or, you know, things like that. And I don't think that that's a reason for me to take advantage of them. Yeah. Right. So instead, I think it's important that the front of house knows their names. Yeah. Please yeah. and thank you. Um, you know, you treat them with respect always. And I mean, at the end of the day, we are a restaurant and there were nothing without the back of house, yeah. you know? So I think it's just important that for me not to treat them, you know, like I've seen other people treat back of house staff, like they're not your equal when they most definitely are. Yeah. Um, you know, I always tell people when they ask me, like, what do you do for a living? I say, I work at a restaurant. My husband always is like, why don't you tell me you're the general manager? And I'm always like, cause what's it matter? If I wash dishes, if I'm the bus boy, if I'm a cook, I'm a server, all of it to me is an, equal we're all just equals we're all co-workers you know yeah yeah i i felt that that because that's the other thing i want to touch on when like covid hit i was told by multiple of the staff that like you made sure that if they could work they would still have a job and if they couldn't you would make sure that they at least would have enough so they could get on unemployment or get whatever they need and you always had a spot for them to kind of come back. How did COVID kind of like change your perspective on like managing a restaurant, working in the city and your staff? It was um, obviously very crazy for everyone, the whole world, right? Um, so when we got the call, the first thing I did was call each employee myself and tell them this is the deal. We have to go to, to go only, um, not sure what's gonna happen. And I said, are you comfortable coming to work? Cause that was the first thing It's like, I'm not going to force you to come somewhere. You don't want to be, if you don't feel safe, if you're worried about your health, someone else's health, like that's totally understandable. Um, and then just went from there. Um, at the time it was me and one other manager who were okay with coming to work. So we just kind of switched off shifts. Um, but it was weird to say the least. Um, no one came inside. So it was nice on a personal note for me to leave my house. Yeah and come to work, but it was very strange. So um, we did okay with to go as we were able to stay open. Our company did get the PPP loan. So the staff was able to get taken care of. And, you know, we always knew that one day when we opened, the first thing we would do is take back anybody who worked here before we started on a hiring spree or anything like that. We were actually before that only open for like two years. We weren't that busy. We, we kept waiting for okay, the sales are going to come. The sales are going to come. We would do $30,000 a week. We would do $40,000 a week, which is really nothing. Um, so once the ban got lifted, we are currently the busiest we've ever been. So it's really crazy to see that although COVID was weird for the time being, it ended up almost being a positive thing for us. Mm -hmm. Do you so, think yeah. that y'all were prepared for the wave that came after COVID? of like customers and kind of like success? I would say there was a time period where we struggled a little bit. I mean, we came to work in our pajamas. We didn't see anybody, right? Yeah. So we were we came to work and we would just hang out and occasionally bag a few to-go orders, you know? Um, 
So once it started to pick up, yes, there was a moment there that we struggled. And I think it was just everyone struggling, getting back into the groove of working in general. Um, but I've worked in the industry for a really long time and have surrounded myself with a really good team. So very quickly we were able to meet the, the sales with the team. So Edo is kind of developed with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the servers here tell me that y'all were one of the first spots that mm-hmm. opened here. How does that feel? It's cool. I, I love to watch this side, of, this side of town like come up. So yeah, when we first opened, there was not a lot going on out here. So once we watched True Anomaly open, Pitch 25 open, Miss um, Carousel's truck yard, all of this stuff open for us, it was very exciting mm-hmm. because the more businesses around us, it's only going to bring us more business yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, when we first came, it was just basically like us and eighth wonder, you know, which was cool. Those guys always showed us a lot of love and Mm -hmm. sent people over here, but to watch this side become such a staple for Astros games, dynamo Mm -hmm. game is a really badass thing. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. So how does it feel to contribute to, to the neighborhood in the way with the graffiti outside and all that stuff? I mean, it's really cool. Uh, I, really love Houston and it has been around for a long time, but a lot of the places had shut down now, like when people talk about it, um, they're acting like it's brand new, but it's not brand new, but it is nice to be able to help bring more, attract more people to the Mm -hmm. side of town because it's just a new spot to go to. And being in the area, you were smack in the middle of the Black Lives Matter protests that went on for George Floyd. In situations like this that are so hurtful and filled with pain, how do you make your employees feel hurt? And what was that experience like for you personally? I mean, it was really uh, extraordinary to see. I worked that day. Um, it was very cool. I, I don't want to say cool and mean it that way, but it yeah. was cool to watch the city rally that way. Yeah. Right. It's nice to see a city all come together and su- and support such an important movement. Now, we weren't very busy. So I actually had a lot of staff who wanted to go. So we let a lot of staff have off to go just because it was such an important thing for our city to do that, you know, I can flip burgers. It's, it's okay. You know, that kind of thing. Um, It was standing out on the street, watching cars drive by or people with their signs or people dressed up, you know, it was very emotional. I would say too, like it was really nice to watch the city come together, but you could feel like the pain. Yeah, because I remember that day vividly and it was like, it was massive. I mean, we, the city, have been through so much and y'all have kind of been there for all of it. Like a lot of your staff is female staff, a lot of women, a lot of very diverse women, very opinionated women, and we love them. Uh, Beto has even recognized the importance of having a staff like yours and even made it a point to visit the restaurant to talk with the staff a couple of days after the Supreme Court decision on Roe v. Wade, which just shows you your value to Houston. Do you think it's important for you as like a leader in the community, a businesswoman, all that stuff to encourage your staff, your workers, your management team, even your company to kind of be involved and advocate? Yes. Now I understand why a lot of companies sometimes don't want to mi- don't want to mix mm-hmm. business um, with, I guess, politics. Um, but it's not something that I'm ever going to tell the staff that they're not allowed to talk about. 
it's not something that I'm ever going to shy away about my opinion about whether I'm uh, technically clocked in or not, yeah. you know, now I'm not going to let two people scream at each other yeah. in, in the middle of the restaurant or anything like that. Like, obviously there's a time and place for it, but um, I do think it's important, especially like I've said before, like we have a lot of younger people here and I think it's important that sometimes young women do see other women encourage them to speak up for themselves not tolerate being treated a certain way um protest vote march all of those things yes i think it's important that they see me do that thank you kelsey and i really appreciate you for having this conversation yeah, with me of course. and i wish you all the success thank you so much that was kelsey raba general manager of rodeo go Cheerson. now i'm here with producer carly on jones carly what else is going on around houston hey ak it's baseball postseason, and the Astros are a big favorite for the World Series with the return of our ace, Jason Verlander, last month. This past week, we got the good news that another one of our starting pitchers is back, Lance McCullers Jr. And on his first game back to close the regular season, McCullers shut the Phillies down with six innings until he was pulled. And the Astros, who had already clinched the pennant, lost 3-0. to zero. But the good news is, McCullers seems to be in playoff shape and was quoted saying, I'm just happy I was able to make it back. And after such a difficult season for him on the sidelines, I think we're all happy to see him back. That's all for today here on CityCast Houston. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow with more news from around the city. Bye, y'all. I thought I knew what hummus was until my husband's mom showed me how to make it. Yeah. And now I'm like, when people are like, oh, I love hummus. I'm like, you don't even know what no. it is. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm chocolate. very judgy about it. Yep. yep. What do we think of chocolate hummus? Yeah. It's a disgrace. <laughs> it is absolutely a disgrace.